Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined by Sia Najad. Sia, welcome in. I got to say, uh, last night's recap that you did with Kyle Porter, the breakdown of the playoff, uh, that just hole by hole, <laughs> shot by shot breakdown was really awesome. And I got to say, the, the best thing I pulled from that was the quote, who do you think you are? I am. That, I'm so glad you reminded me of, I believe his name is Bruce Weber. That quote Pete was amazing. Weber. Everybody go back and listen to that show. Yeah, Pete Weber, a vintage Pete, Pete Weber, Weber quote. Uh, it's so good. I think I think the recap of the playoff actually took longer than the actual playoff. It took us quite a while <laughs> to go through all three holes. Uh, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, good to see you. Good to see you too, boys. Um, I was disappointed not to be on the recap last night, but... Um, if, to give you an idea, I'm sounding better today than I was yesterday. So um, we know we know it takes a lot. Today. We know it takes a lot to keep you out of the game, right? And you're you're battling through it right now. We appreciate it, and uh, hopefully you are trending towards feeling better. Oh, I am. Yeah, I, I think I've gained uh, an improving on the voice. Um, well, for one round in a row now, at least. So that that's a trend to me. One round in a row. Yes, we'll go back and also look at uh, some Sunday guys for this week. Before we do that, let me remind everyone that the fan vote for the one and done is now open. So go ahead, go on down to the description, click the link and get your vote in. I was talking to Mark Immelman earlier today. He is trembling in his boots because the gap continues to close between the fans and him at the top $2.7 million for the winner this week, 5.4 next week. Uh, So don't screw it up. Go get somebody good. The link is in the description right now. What else do I have? What else do I have? Um, actually, I think that's it for housekeeping. I think we can start talking about this golf course and a golf course we haven't seen before, Sia. Not only is this a golf course in Wilmington Country Club that we have not seen, but we are going to a state, a whole entire state that the PGA Tour has never seen in its existence in Delaware. Um, let's talk like strategically. When we don't have any information about a course, how do we start to break down the course? <laughs> Uh, it's tough. I mean, we don't have course history. We don't we don't have a lot to go off of. So, I mean, I, I think there are some nuggets we can glean from how this course sets up. But it's to be honest with you, you know, I heard something that you said, Rick, earlier today when you were talking about Matt Fitzpatrick. And basically what you said, I, I don't know if this is the point you were trying to make, but you were basically saying, well, his 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 game translates to really any type of course. So in my opinion, you're looking for well-rounded golfers here. You're probably looking for well-rounded golfers regardless here. But to the extent that there's an unknown, I think looking at well-rounded golfers, looking at players where their game translates pretty much anywhere is certainly a safe way to play it. Uh, Producer Troy, can you share my screen, please? Maybe. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Here's the scorecard. So we've got the official scorecard, Greg. What I've been doing is I've had, I've got some Wilmington Country Club members uh, who have been sending me information, been doing a little reconnaissance that way, piecing it all together. And what we've got here is uh, one of two courses. So there are two courses at Wilmington Country Club, the North and the South. The pros are going to be playing the South. They're going to be playing it as a par 71, 7,500 yards with three par threes, over 200 yards and rough. That will be longer than it was last week at TPC Southwind. They're trying to grow this thing out to four inches and they're not trying to get a repeat of caves valley which was just an absolute birdie fest yeah um different designer 
than Caves Valley. So Caves Valley is a Fazio design. This is a Robert Trent Jones design. And while they're different, I think there are some similarities um, in a lot of the ways. But, I, I mean, it's a long golf course, but a lot of the length comes in two of the par fives. You have a 634 and a 649. Uh, the 634, num- it's number 12 as they'll play it this week. Uh, there's water in front of the green. So you got to fly it on the green if you're going to get home in two. Um, and then, you know, there, there's water on four of the holes out there. But you, you got 649. Number 14 is 649. It's a really long hole. Now, it, it looks like uh, it's a little, a little down and then up. It's what it looks like to me. Now, I'm talking about a Google map flyover 3D. So I don't know exactly, but I use a little bit of, you know, where the, where's the water on the golf course. And it looks like on the, on 14, there's water kind of in the middle. So you go kind of down into a valley and then back up. Um, But there are three par fours that are over 490. All the rest of them are under 450. So you got eight par fours under 450. Um, and I find that interesting. But when you combine the three par fours over 490, the two really long, um, the two really long par fives, and number, f- uh, number, checking my notes, thir- uh, number three is 582. That's the other par five. But it looks like the longer you can fly it, the shorter you have in. There's some bunkers that guard the inside part of a dog leg right. And the farther right you can stretch it, the shorter club you'll have into the green obviously but it's all carry and to me i'm sorry i'm going on a diatribe here oh we need that all that all connects to what robert trent jones courses seem to be all about heavily bunkered um long um and kind of brutal by design the other courses you might be familiar with if i read through this list most of them are major courses you got Baltistral, Bell Reeve, Congressional, Firestone, Hazeltine, Olympic Club, Oak Hill. Uh, and then the one that kind of is out of nowhere is Port Royal in Bermuda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you got Spyglass Hill and Valderrama, which is uh, on the DP World Tour. But when I look at that list as a whole, I see big, big golf course, major championship style test. And when I think about who's had success at those venues, I think about some pretty big hitters. I'm pretty sure Valderrama is the last place that Rory McIlroy said he paid for a round of golf like 20 years ago. I'm pretty sure that was Valderrama like 2002. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Classic <laughs> uh, Ryder Cup venue. The the other thing that when you start looking through you know the spec sheet for this golf course, Sia, that that people will notice, uh, just massive bent grass greens, eighty one hundred square feet on average. That's very much one of the handful of larger greens that we see on the PGA Tour schedule. They're going to try to run them fast, twelve and a half on the stimp, and they are undulating. Right, that seems to be kind of where a lot of the focus is going to be spent here. Uh, the defense will be a little bit of the rough, although. Um, you know, coming out of, of of bluegrass rough is a bit more predictable than some other some other types of rough. But these you, you can play defense with some of the pin pin positions on these greens. Yeah, these greens are huge. Obviously, I'm I'm trying to think of a, a course we've played recently that has greens bigger than this, and I, I nothing's the old course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, and, and so I think there should be an emphasis on, on putting here, whether you call it lag putting or three putt avoidance. Obviously, you, you might want to include bent grass in there when you're looking at your putting metrics. But yeah, I think you know you hit a green in regulation, and and that's not really going to mean much if you're you know 80 feet away or whatever it is. So I definitely think putting is going to come into play, especially if these if this ends up playing fat, like if the greens are fast, then you know there, there's going to be it's going to be problematic for some of the bad putters potentially. Okay, let's uh, look at this field. It's no longer 70 golfers. Ooh, a professional tease. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's my website, rickrungood.com. And uh, this event was open to the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings. But on Monday morning, one Cameron Smith withdrew. And Greg, this was a hip injury that he disclosed, or at least uh, one that he's been dealing with for a couple of months. And uh, he will no longer be in this field, but he doesn't expect to play the tour championship. Well, I am. Um, maybe I'm living under a rock. Uh, I haven't heard anything about his hip. Um, I've been hearing a lot about all the birdies he's been making, but nothing about the hip. So this is a uh, very interesting, um, uh, but I guess hip discomfort is something, uh, that's hard to ignore. Once I turned 30, I started having a lot of hip discomfort. He's not, he's not old enough for this yet. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not sure. buying it. Yeah. Uh, see, ya. the, the notable thing about this was, uh, DraftKings pricing had already come out or at least was mm-hmm. in the process of coming out. So he was the most expensive golfer in this field. He was 10,700, which is pretty low for the most expensive golfer. Well, now he's out and the most expensive golfer is Rory McIlroy at 10.5. So that kind of changes things. And it's something we probably haven't seen in quite some time where the guy who was literally in the field as the most expensive golfer is out on a Monday. Yeah, it's it's funny because DraftKings came out with their pricing pretty early today, a couple hours early than they normally do it. And, and I think maybe that was a regrettable decision ultimately because you got Cameron Smith in there. I don't think it's a big deal because obviously it was going to be sort of softer pricing at the top regardless. But it is very interesting and it's going to lend itself with, with these guys up top, you know, Roy at 10-5, Rom, Justin Thomas. You go down to like the mid nines. I think it's going to lend itself to another build of, of stars and scrubs. I just want to kind of put that out there. I think there's a lot of game theory in play here because we don't have a cut we only have 69 players and when you look at the 6k range and this was true last week but it's even more true this week it's not your typical 6k range right these are all guys that earned their spot into the top 70 top 69 in this case and so what it tells me is that those guys have credibility to be in lineup so you're going to see a lot of people just pairing like Rory with Will Zalatoris or Justin Thomas, even with Rory and and, and taking a stab at a couple 6K guys. So I kind of want to put that out there right off the bat. I built a a squad just like that. And then I tried a balance build and the balance build didn't look nearly as good uh, for obvious reasons as the stars and scrubs build. I only, I put that out there so that people understand the lineup that doesn't like feel as good this week especially might be the lineup to play, especially in in some of the tournaments you choose to play in. Interesting. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Greg, you call it here. Do you want the, do you want the classic view of the cheat sheet where you can see the names of the tournaments or do you want me to close the gaps and just show you like the last eight events in a row? Which one would you prefer to proceed with? Uh, How about um, just the last eight? Last eight. This one here. Yeah. That's okay. fine. All right. Uh, the 10K range. Rory McIlroy, 10-5. John Rahm, 10-3. Justin Thomas, 10-1. Will Zalatoris, $10,000. That's it. We're going to get a massive 9K range, Greg. So let's be uh, let's be prudent here in the 10K range. How are we going to spend our bucks? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like you're getting a really big discount with Rory right on top. And to me, Rory McIlroy is the perfect candidate for this golf course. Again, he had success at Firestone. He had success at Congressional. He won by eight there. Um, I don't remember how he did at Bell Reeve, but I, I feel like this kind of golf course lends itself to Rory McIlroy perfectly. He'll be able to take advantage of some holes that others won't. He's as long as anybody in this field. And and I, I believe he shook some rust off last week. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at a guy who lost strokes off the tee last week for just the second time all year. I don't think that's going to happen again. I, I think Rory's going to come back this week and play great, and you're going to start to see the guy who's having his best putting year of his career uh, on a golf course that suits him very well. And I expect it to be a great week for Rory. Uh, and and then Rom is would be the other guy who I really like here. 
um, also because of his driving prowess. And I was obviously encouraged with his performance last week as well. Yeah, the weekend for John Rahm, very, very good. He had the third best score of anyone. It was like Zalatoris. Uh, I think Sepp Straka was number two. And then John Rahm was awesome on the weekend. Yeah. He's driving it great as he always does. He's like, it, you know, you look at this stat profile and it's so hard to tell. Great. But like, it, it feels like it's coming, man. It feels like he's just yeah. on the verge. One thing clicks. He starts rolling a couple of putts in. It's over. And look, this might be a little bit of a stretch. But the son of Robert Trent Jones, senior, is a guy named Reese Jones, who designed uh, a golf course that John Rom calls his favorite, and that would be Tory Pines. Uh, he he did the redo there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, I, I'm not saying that that's like a, you know, lock it up and throw away the key. But I think stylistically, this is a this is a golf course that fits these big you know, John Rom type, heavy hitter type, if there are any others. But it, it fits a John Rom. I'll say that. Uh John Rom's gotta kinda get moving if he wants to have a have a shot at the tour championship. He's gotta he's gotta improve that FedEx Cup stand. He's gotta give himself a crack when we get to East Lake. Uh see ya, we've got uh Rom, Rory, we've discussed them. Do you like those guys or would you prefer to go to Willie Z fresh off his first victory or Justin Thomas lurking here at the ten thousand one hundred dollar mark? I love Justin Thomas's game for this course as well. Not that I don't like any of the people in, or, or all of them kind of fit for the 10K range and above, but I do like Justin Thomas probably as much as I like Rory. So for that one, I think they're both going to be relatively popular. I think it's going to be pretty flat in this range from an ownership standpoint. Maybe Rom falls a, a touch below some of these other, the other three guys, but I, yeah, I like Justin Thomas. I like Rory and I like Will Zalatoris. I think I'm going to be off of Rom. I am really encouraged by what I saw from Rom, uh, particularly on the weekend. Uh, I think he's he's starting to get back into the form, but I, I'm not necessarily looking for that. I mean, if if unless there's a big ownership discount, I'll probably go with uh, Rory, JT, or Will Zalatoris. If I had to rank those three, I, I think I would go Rory, Will Zalatoris, and Justin Thomas. Greg, on a scale from 1 to 10, with 1 being not at all and 10 being high alert, concern, 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 uh, how concerned are you that Justin Thomas has lost strokes with the putter in four straight when that is something that was a a leak that he plugged in the spring and now I'm like I'm a little bit worried that he's that he's lost it again. Well, this was a I think a big one to me. Now, Bermuda is not his best surface. It might be his worst. Um, his best surface is Bent Poa, mm-hmm. which we're going to get bent this week. And I think those are kind of they're rather similar. Yeah. And there's always like that includes like some of these are like 80% bent, 20 Poa, 70, 30. So yeah. It's like it, there's a lot of nuance in this. And there's Bent Poa up here in the Northeast. That's nothing like what you see in California. So, I think he'll be fine on the greens with this surface type. Um, but the big worry to me was what we saw last week. Um, Cause I was giving him a pass last week because of where he was coming from, right? You're coming overseas. If a guy has a very solid putt in for a while, then the, his next three events are the U S open extremely challenging greens. I can cut anybody a break for losing strokes, putt in at a U.S. open. It, it, it happens. Um, it's a great spot to break a streak, right? And then, and then you go to Scotland and okay, he's never really played well there. So I don't think he really has a great feel for the greens in Scotland. Uh, I could give him a pass, but then he loses last week and it worries me. It raises the, the worried. I mean, what's the scale of worry? I worry that he, that he, that magic has kind of gone away. I worry that, very much. What does that mean for his actual performance? Well, I mean, he's even even before he plugged that hole, he was still really good, and his ceiling is still really high. So I don't think it rules him out by any means. Yeah, he's literally won golf tournaments losing strokes putting. It's it's like not right. easy to do, but I I just see that, and, and right, you have to zoom out twelve months to realize, or even further realize, we're going through this progression with Justin Thomas and just wondering if we're going into a regression with him. So it's just one of those things that when you follow week to week, it kind of pops itself up. 
the $9,000 range, uh, massive. We have seen some small $9,000 ranges, Sia, here in the last couple of months. Not so much this week. Absolutely huge. Patrick can't wait to defend his title. Different golf course, 9,900. Scotty Scheffler, fresh off a missed cut, 98. It's probably the cheapest we've seen him in a while. Tony Finau, 97. Xander Shoffley, 96. Then we rounded out with Matt Fitzpatrick at 9,500. Colin Morikawa at 94. Sam Burns, 93. Victor Hovland, 92. Sung J.M. at 91. And that pesky Jew Young Kim who just refuses to play poorly, $9,000. What do you see, Sia? Jew Young Kim is, is so good. I is don't he's, like he's, he's, a, he's just a stud. He's just a stud. Uh, third in ball striking last week. The guy is just a complete machine. And he's not slowing down as a result of playing all these tournaments in a row either. That's definitely not a thing. I So I'd, I'll start with Tony Finau at 9,700. Again, you know, I, I talked about game theory on the front end. We'll have to see how ownership plays out. I definitely think you can take a lot of these guys up top and make sure your roster construction or some of your players are different. I say that because Tony Finau is going to be really popular, of course. There's nobody playing better than him. Like That's just... That's just what's what's happening right now. He's super hot. I've heard, I think, both of you say you think he, he's got a real shot, maybe the leader in, in, in the clubhouse in terms of um, winning the, the FedEx Cup playoffs. I, I kind of agree with that, the way he's been playing. So for me, it's Tony, and then I go down the board. Colin is interesting. I think he'll pick up a lot of ownership. So in that case, I'm not super interested in Morikawa, but give me Sung J.M. and Ju Young Kim. Uh, I like both of those guys. I think the price is right for both of them. Uh, there, You can... Put both of them in your lineup, and it basically allows you to do whatever you want down in the 7K range, 8K range, and perhaps up top as well. Last 20 rounds. Maybe it's last 20. Maybe it's last 16 rounds. I'm, I'm cherry-picking stats over here. Okay, found it. Um, last 16 rounds. Best driver on the PGA Tour. It's not John Rahm. It's not Rory McIlroy. It's not Cam Young. It's Sung J. M plus 4.7 plus 3.5 plus five and a half plus three absolutely electric with the driver the rest of his game very sharp as well two runner-ups and a 12th place finish in his last three starts okay greg the 9k range is yours and i think you're you. excuse me sheesh uh yeah sorry Anyway, there's a lot to like about Sung Jay. You could have just said you lost your voice. That would have have fit the uh, narrative. (laughs) We're doing one of those like uh, silent movie things. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We'll dub Uh, in Greg's lines later. (laughs) Anyway, I like Sung Jay a lot, Um, but I, I I look at what he's done on the greens over the last three events, and it's great. Um, and the the Wyndham and FedEx, you're, he's going to his best putting surface in Bermuda there. But 3M is uh, uh, is bent, and that's what we have this week. So another good. It, it's it's not his best like Bermuda, but it's another good surface for him. And I love what he's done, tee to green. So uh, yeah, I think Sungjae is a really solid play. Um, I'm very interested in Victor Hovland this week. Uh, the the pricing for him seems to be extremely fair. Uh, again, best putting surface for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you also look at very steady ball striking. If you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing three in a row off the tee, not more than two. Uh, three in a row approach the green between two and three and all three of those. You're seeing two in a row on the greens. And it it looks to me at, like this golf course, when you miss greens, you're going to have either chip basic chips from the front, which give you options, or um, chips from rough and and bunkers. Bunkers worry me with Victor, but the thing that really worries me is um, is tight lies. I don't think he's going to be getting a lot of those. So I, I like Victor Hovland a lot. I feel like this is another guy who's kind of showing a sign that there's something coming. Um, and I, I think driver is going to be really important here, and I think he's one of the best drivers in the game. Uh, and then, well... I also am very interested in Sam Burns, um, but I'm not quite there yet. I just, it's, it's a feeling. I I don't think there's a lot of stats to back that up. Um, so I, I don't know. What do you guys think about, about Sammy Burns? Um, I think he's going to be quite popular, isn't he? See ya. I think so. I mean, maybe not. I mean, he's only 15% last week. I thought he would be more than that. But he kind of he seemed at least for a few rounds to sort of pay off the 15 percent. I mean, he got a lot of people's attention on the broadcast or at least, you know, in DraftKings, I think. So 
I think he'll probably be right around. I mean, it's a different tournament. It's condensed, but I think he'll be pretty popular. But there's there's other guys. Let's see. What's his price? Um, 9300 Yeah, I don't think he'll be that popular because, frankly, Matt Fitzpatrick, Colin Morikawa, Hovland, Im, and Kim are all also going to be popular. You can even go to Cameron Young. Like, you can't – all of those guys can't be popular, and they all should be, which means probably none of them will be super highly owned. The pure disrespect for us waiting this long to get to Matt Fitzpatrick. Oh. Yeah. He's just a stud. Our U.S. Open champ, who is beyond legit, okay? I mean, this is not – this. his stat profile is about as good as it gets, Greg. I mean, yes. he gains a ton off the tee. He gains in every – he gains everywhere. He gains everywhere. He's constantly piling up top tens. Uh, he's got plenty of upside, obviously. I, I mean, I, I don't have a bad word to say about Matty Fitzpatty. All right, so I went into um... – I went into your cheat sheet. Nice. And I highlighted the $9,000 range. Okay. And I sorted by distance, uh, di- distance gained. Yep. Look who's in second. Oh, wow. How you many rounds little, did you do? Uh, 24 rounds. There you go. Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick. I was blown away. I'm shocked. He's- my first, my initial instinct is okay, he's playing well. He's always a great option. But is he long enough to, is he going to be at a disadvantage to some of the, well, who no, truth is he's gotten a lot longer this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot to like. I mean, you have to, you have to like him over Scotty Scheffler, right? Scotty's the most interesting guy in this range. Today. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was going to say, we're going to have to unravel. We're going to have to unravel that. Scotty I, I wanted to, I wanted to get into Scotty Scheffler because I don't know what, I don't know what to do. My first thought. As you're pulling it up, my first thought is, well, he's not going to putt that bad again, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, I mean, he lo- he had his second worst putting performance ever. He he, he did, but he's he's been putting very poorly. Yes, mm-hmm. and he's going to a surface that's not great for him. It's his worst. It's his worst. And now, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on Scotty. I mean, listen, the, the, it, it, okay. You really have to split hairs on a lot of these guys up here. It is objectively true that Scotty Scheffler is not putting nearly to what he was doing earlier this year. He's going to his worst surface. He's missed two of his last three cuts. And there's a lot of other probably more exciting guys who are similarly priced. I, I would find it difficult to play Scotty Scheffler outside of a situation where you're playing 150 lineups and you're looking to create a lot of leverage with a guy who can obviously win. But I yeah. like in a vacuum, I'm not sure how you could choose Scotty over a lot of these other guys. Well, the only other thing I'd say is um, he makes a lot of birdies. Sure. And and it, he's going to get four rounds. Sure. That I do. Yeah. The four rounds is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and I think about last week, he missed the cut by one. If there was no cut last week, I, I, I don't think it would be far fetched to see Scotty Scheffler get to seven under, eight, you know, eight on, and, and put up a pretty good performance. So I, I feel like, but it, but all I'm going on here is that I feel like this has to stop. That's a so pretty big qualifier. That's better. a pretty big qualifier, though. If there was no cut last week, I could start a lot of sentences like that and be like, "Hey, this guy would be amazing." Although we've we've seen evidence of superstars do that, it's like a huge when, qualifier when Xander made it on the on the on the line. I, I don't what was that the U.S. Open? I can't remember, and he just like was on I mean, fire. I feel like somebody stage. does it every single week. Somebody makes the cut on the number yeah. and finishes inside the top five. Can I ask you guys about somebody because his stat profile is so good, and we've talked about him. It's Ju Young Kim. I, there, there's really nothing that you can criticize about him other than his length in this field. He's he's certainly not a long hitter i'm just curious how you guys feel about that in terms of does that ding him at all obviously there are like if you look at him on the on the long par threes he's in the top 25 if you look at him off the tee he's in the top 25 it's just distance alone where he's like really in in the back of the line here yeah i'm not i'm not gonna ding him for that i'm just curious how you guys feel about that um all right so i'm this is what i typically would do in this situation he's played one Two, three, four, five, six events in a row. Mm-hmm. Seven, I think. This will be a set. I think this will be think, a seventh. I think this is seven. I'll double check that. My bad. Okay, go ahead. Um, but that that's a lot of golf. But he's twenty, <laughs> right? Um, 
but he, he wanted a <laughs> events ago, right? I mean, there's there's so many different ways you can go with the narrative. I worry about the fatigue. It's a lot of high pressure golf in a row. The stat profile you can't ignore, and the length the length itself doesn't really worry me because I think he's a really good long iron player. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I think you're dealing with some really big greens, and I think there are enough holes he can score on out there. So I'd be a yes. I just worry about how much he's played. He's been playing high pressure golf for like four weeks in a row though. Five weeks in. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Um, the ball striking numbers are insane. And I think actually Jack yeah. in the chat, can we pull this up, Troy? Jack in the chat brings up a pretty good point. Tom Kim plays like we're going to a course for the first time that levels the playing field. Every, every event Tom Kim plays, he's seeing it for the first time in competition. Now mm-hmm. everybody's seeing it for the first time in competition. That's a great point. Yeah, it is very fair point. So, um, like there again, it's just, is he going to be tired or not? Maybe it's worth the risk. I, I love everything he does. They should have to fill out questionnaires and say, how tired, from a scale from one to 10, how tired are you? Maybe with like smiley faces. Yeah. Yeah. Choose an emoji that best represents your <laughs> fatigue level. Your fatigue level. <laughs> have you ever seen those? Like at the airport, they have those little emojis as you walk out of the bathroom and it says like, how was your experience? And you yes. post, like, it's either a happy face, a medium face or a frowny face. I'm yeah, not touching an awkward that thing. No way. <laughs> They, that was they implemented those in 2019 and they're like we're we're brilliant we are geniuses we are going to get so much feedback immediately and no one will touch those buttons what if we just made an app and texted everybody right to their phones that's what i need i need to i need them to know when i'm in the restroom hey you were in there for nine minutes are you okay <laughs> <laughs> all right eight thousand dollar rich uh we will hit the eights the sevens and the sixes But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? (laughs) Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. And we're back. $8,000 range. This is good. Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, Shane Lowry, Joaquin Neiman, Max Homa. Those are $8,500 and up. Hideki Matsuyama. Massive question mark, 84. Corey Connors, 83. Terrell Hatton, 82. Aaron Wise, 81. Adam Scott, the Aussie, $8,000. See ya. Oh, boy. Um, all those, all the great stuff we loved in the nines, a lot of question marks in the eights. A lot of question marks in the eights. There's a couple guys that really stand out to me, probably three guys that, that I really like. Some are going to be, a couple of them, only one of them is going to be popular, actually, actually in this range. So I'll start with Joaquin, Joaquin Neiman. I really like how the game is trending. We saw last week he was, let's see, fourth in ball striking, I believe, which is great. But then you look like, let's say, the last few tournaments off the tee, on approach, tee to green, get, getting it in the fairway, um, the long part. Like he's uh, the opportunities he's creating for himself. He's checking a lot of boxes and I think he's kind of sneaky. He's still not a name that people are attaching themselves to. So I think he's going to be, again, it's all relative in a 69 person field, but I think he's going to be relatively low owned. Another guy that might be low-owned for obvious reasons is Hideki. I was going to be on him last week. He was going to be one of my main guys, as I said, on the on the Monday DFS show. And then, of course, he withdraws. I don't really have intel on, on why he withdrew. Is he resting? Is it is it just a, a flare-up? Like, I don't know what the – I wish we had at least some – 
terminology that he may have used in terms of how he addressed his withdrawal or why he, and that's something perhaps we can research, but I liked Hideki last week. I think his game is trending in the right direction overall. What? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm try, just from from a talent standpoint, I know he's there. Like, if you look at the 3M, yeah, obviously. This is obviously, like the worst stretch of golf I've ever seen from Hideki Matsuyama in, like, his entire life. Here's the thing. he We know about the popability. We For see sure. it at the U.S. Open. We see it at the AT&T, Byron Nelson. I, I just, you're right about that, but I just feel like he is the type of guy at this time where he can really pop. And that's what I'm looking for. I'll tell you what, if he gains nine strokes on approach uh, and he does he even does it at like 2%, you, you're going to win the mill. You're going to win it all. Well, so that's the thing. I, I don't know what his ownership is going to be. You're right, you're right about the recent form. You're right about the withdrawal factor. I mean, it, again, if you're playing game theory here and if he's entering this tournament, he doesn't withdraw prior to round one. Is it, I don't know what his percentage is going to be. It's got to be low though, right? Yeah, he might just withdraw during round one. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's a big concern. Um, you gotta, I mean, don't do it at a cash game. <laughs> I know to we don't me, talk about that very much, but don't do that. To me, this would be the tournament to play that that card, to play that mm-hmm. risk, because a lot of people are going to be not just not inclined to do that. By the way, just real quick, the other guy I like is Aaron Wise, another guy who's been playing very well. Uh, he's not rating out super well over the last few tournaments, but. I am. He, he's a guy. He's a classically a good ball striker, and the putting has improved. I, I wish I had I had the cojones to to rock Hideki here. I wish I did, but I I actually I, we got I gotta I gotta continue down this path here. In a in a no cut event, Greg. Like okay, so if he withdraws, you know, in the middle of round one last week. You're not super burned because Rory misses the cut, Scotty Scheffler misses the cut, uh, so Jordan Spieth misses the cut. If your guy WD is in a no cut event, you are just toes up. Right, I completely agree, and th- that's a big problem. The one thing is, if ownership's extremely low and he's healthy enough, it's a good course fit. Um, but that's it. I mean, you are rolling the dice on talent and talent alone. Huh. Rolling the dice. Um, Which, if again, though, Greg, if there was a time to do that, it would be in a condensed field with with low ownership. Yeah, look, I guess that's how you win. Um, but it's but it's risky. I usually don't get that risky. Um, maybe that's my problem. Yeah, I, I mean, the good news is if he's like super low owned, um, you don't have to have much to have a huge edge on the field. Right. Which I guess is, which I guess. Right. I mean, you could go with some other really popular, reliable guys. You know, um, you could go with Cam Young, who I think fits in this range. Yeah, let's is that okay? So let's 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 check Cam Young here, Greg, because this yeah. is a guy who he gained nine strokes ball striking last week, which was second to only Will Zalatoris. Had his career worst putting performance, minus five and a half. Yeah, um, and what are, what's the splits on him? Believe it or not, Bent is by far like how is that possible? He's a northeast guy. Yeah. Bizarre. It's it's not a lot of data, right? Like no. I've only got. Um, I'll pull it up. How many bent grass rounds I have on him? But I was shocked to see how bad he is. Well, while you're talking ro- rocket mortgage, uh, that might be bent poa. Um, only sixteen rounds is, is yeah. what I have. So yeah, I I wouldn't worry too much about that. That's surprising, but I, I think it's a great fit for him. <clears throat> Again, with my emphasis on driving this week for a lot of reasons. I mean, his game is very well-rounded otherwise. Um, and I don't expect to see another putting performance like that this week. He has not been, I mean, he's had some streaks of struggle, but he's another one of those guys that can win a golf tournament, losing strokes, putting. he's a rare guy who can. And at a place like this, I think he'll have a real edge. I just I expect him to be extremely popular. The so do I. The other thing that is fascinating about Cam Young is not gaining nine strokes ball striking is insane. It's an insane amount to do. He's done it yeah. four times in his last eight starts. Like yeah. it's just like it's it's super dirty what he's capable of doing. Yeah. Um anybody else in this eight K range, Greg? Oh, the eight uh, the eight K range. The eight. Um I, I, I wrote down Adam Scott question mark. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um I'm wondering, like, what is going on with this guy? I 
this is you. I go back to something that you said where he's kind of all over the place. Um, but a venue like this, you're thinking of pure ball strikers. He hasn't been that, but I think he can be in a week like this. Uh, his, his distance in the last 24 rounds doesn't rank very high. Um, but it is for, he's long, he's plenty long for the year. Um, and I, I wonder if that putter gets really hot. If you could see some success out of Adam Scott, he's kind of a, a, a guy that doesn't fit the typical mold. I guess he's 16th in driving distance. So he kind of does. Um, but he would be another risky play that's safer than Hideki, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, let's jump on down to the 7K range. See, there is uh, th- this is this is where it gets fun. The sevens and the sixes here provide value because you alluded to this earlier, and I completely agree. It's not your typical 70 or now 68 player field, right? It, it, these guys have earned their way in in some form or fashion. So the 7K range starts with Billy Horschel and Russell Henley and Brian Harmon, and it goes down to guys like Mito Pereira, Seamus Power, Denny McCarthy, Siwoo Kim. Is there one or two guys you want to pull out of here and uh, use in your lineups? Now I have to play Hideki in all my lineups. Just I know. To prove You're how, probably going to well, win all the money. How honestly. well he's playing. You're he's probably going to win well. all the money. I, look, the last thing on Decky, though, before I get to three players I think I like in the 7K range, keep in mind that 3M open strokes gain metrics are just from one round. Just keep that in mind because he withdrew after that. So he's still been terrible with the putter, but the approach game has actually been round by round hasn't been that bad. Again, if you look at it round by round, it's actually maybe a clearer picture as it relates to Hideki. But yeah, he's been pretty bad off the tee and he's been pretty bad with the putter as well. Here's the round by round stuff. So you're alluding to the fact that he's gained in one, two, three, four, five, six of his last 11 and 10 of 11 have have been within like uh, one and a quarter of zero. Yes. And if you scroll down even further, we get it. We get a sense for what his approach game can can be. If yeah. Not. Oh, his, his approach game can be the best in the world. Right. Yeah. So, again, it's 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 super risky because he's not in good. He's not in great form and he might withdraw again. But again, in a condensed field, that's just kind of listen, I'm not going to lock button this guy. Let's be honest. But I think he's a good guy to incorporate, especially if he's at a low percentage. The 7K range, three guys kind of <laughs> stick out to me here. Um, Brian Harmon is interesting to me, but I'm going to go with Taylor Pendrith, who has Mm. been as of late, great off the tee, great on approach. As we know, um, he definitely creates opportunities for himself, which is something, uh, I'm looking for three putt avoid has been good as of late. And of course the driving distance is there for him. Uh, JT Poston's another guy that, you know, if this does come down to some sort of putting contest, he's, he's going to win that one. He's, he's, he's in good shape there. The other metrics don't really jump out at me, but he seems to find ways to get it done with the putter. And so that's that's a guy I'm looking at that I don't think is going to be super can popular I, in this field. Go ahead. Can I jump in on posting? Because he is not um, he's not nearly as short off the tee as I as my brain wants to imagine. So last 36, he's losing a yard, a yard per round to the field. Uh, and he's going to play out of the fairway often enough, turns into a putting contest. I tend to agree with you. See, it's a little weird when you're like, oh, like I, I had this vision and for I, I had the same visions around, around like Shane Lowry for a long time where I was like, oh, he's a short game specialist. Not really anymore. Like I have these visions around JT Post and being like this little dink and dunker off the tee. That's not really true. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, again, the, the metrics don't speak to me overall, but he seems to be finding a way to get it done. And then at 7,300, I think there might be some hidden value there, not just from a price standpoint, but from an ownership standpoint as well. The other guy who I still don't think is going to get a ton of recognition, and he is very risky and very volatile, but has tremendous upside. We saw a bit of it last week. It's Mito Pereira at 7,100. I actually played him in a few lineups last week, and you know he did he did just fine for me overall. But if you look at, we all think he's struggling and he is. But if you just look at the last few tournaments, off the tee, on approach, tee to green, uh, opportunities gained, he's he's doing okay in all those metrics relative to the field. So I think it's 7,100. I think if you priced him at, let's say, 7,700, where Brian Harmon and that Russell Henley range is, Cameron Davis, I think you'd be fine there as well. By the way, Cameron Davis is another guy I think is very interesting. But those are those are the three. I, I'm really kind of going for upside here. I think Mito at 7,100 is is a really good upside play, especially if he's finding his game, which it appears he, he is. Last 20 rounds, Greg. 20. Again, I'm, I'm cherry picking here. But last 20 rounds, 
Cam Davis is the eighth best player in this field. Yeah, it's not surprising. I mean, ever since the John Deere Classic, you're talking about um, over a month, he's finished inside the top 16 in every event. And I've gone, I've gone to him every week. And I'm not, why, why would you stop? Maybe Barracuda. I'm not sure I played any Barracuda. <laughs> I don't think I did either. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. But why, why would you stop? Um, he's long. You think that's important? He is. His iron play this year has been off the charts. Um, the putting's been more than adequate. I would say quite good. Uh, I'm I'm a big Cam Davis supporter this week. All right, um, I've said, I've said this before, and I uh, promised I would never say it again because I was one for one. So uh, when I describe Detroit Golf Club as if I could create a golf course for Cam Davis, it would look exactly like Detroit, Detroit Golf Club. And then he won. And I was like, I'm never going to say that phrase again. Yeah. I, if I were to de- design a second course for Cam Davis, <laughs> I think it would look a lot like the South course at Wilmington Country Club. Um, so he's he's long, obviously. He's more inaccurate than most, but these are wider fairways. They're, they are, yeah. the rough might be penal, but these are wide fairways, right? You're going to get a little Absolutely. bit more. You're going to get a little more room to work with there then approaches no problem there he does he never three putts 26th on tour and three putt avoidance like this is a very good stat profile for a guy who is the eighth best in the field over the last 20 rounds yeah yeah and a very good price like a very good price for him um the other you know the other thing is you said the fairways are wide they have little areas where they pinch in uh, on some of the holes, not every hole, but it, it gives that kind of style, depending on how far they are away, can give a really big advantage to guys who can carry the ball a long way. Um, and Cam Davis absolutely fits that camp. So there's room to shape it. He likes to curve the ball. He's got plenty of room to do that. And I think he's one of those guys that can, you know, get it past some of those tight areas and shorten up the golf course tremendously. So yeah, he's on my list. Um, I also wrote down Taylor Pendrith, as Sia pointed out. Um, the one guy who I who has not been mentioned, who I love here, is Keith Mitchell. Mm. This it this is a perfect course fit for him. Um, you know, I, I think of a place like Quail Hollow where he's had success. Driving is very important. Um, and look, oh, we don't, we've never seen this course before. So I, I'm going on a lean based on everything I've read and understanding Robert Trent Jones that I, I believe distance driving ability is going to be important. And I think he's one of the best drivers of the ball in the game. And on golf courses where driving is really important, Keith Mitchell has a tendency of playing really well. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of the advantages he has here are similar to what we saw at the CJ Cup at Summit, which is a Fazio, but similar philosophies, in my opinion. Um, he was he, he was like yeah, five so, up on five up going into the weekend, wasn't he? At Summit yeah. Club, we were like, "Holy crap, uh, Keith Mitchell's going to win by 10. tearing it up, <laughs> tearing it up." And he um, wears a visor, which is rare. And I, I think that really helps him in Delaware. You know, those humid, hot, humid climates let the let the wind blow through the the top of the yeah. head. Yeah, it's a un, unsung advantage. But yeah, I love so I love Mitchell. I, I go um, Pendrith, Davis, Mitchell. I'm not afraid of Davis Riley either. <laughs> I'm just always wrong. I'm always wrong on him. So am I. Uh, Six thousand dollar range. Alex Norton, I guess, is playing, right? So he withdrew from... He did not play the uh, FedEx St. Jude Championship. Did he play? No, he st- did he start and then withdraw? He withdrew mid-tournament. He had a bad I, Thursday, from what I recall. Yeah, I guess yeah, he did. He recorded some stats. Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. oh boy. Yikes. Okay. That's going to mess up the models. Should not have looked at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alex Norin, Harold Varner the third, 6,900 bucks. The min priced golfers, which you will certainly know this week, are oh, yeah. Five of them. JJ Spawn, Kurt Kitayama, Luke List, Mac Hughes, big Mac Hughes, Matt Kuchar, who's still in this playoff, believe it or not. Uh, it, those are the min priced guys. Sia, what would you like best? <laughs> A few guys jump out to me. Uh, this is a guy I was on last week, Emiliano Grillo. Started out great, kind of faded a little bit. But, you know, he he rates out really well if you're just looking at very recent history, off the tee approach. And actually, the putter's been 
pretty good, at least relative to your classic uh, Emiliano Grillo. Yeah, compared to his 100-round baseline, he's like the greatest putter in the world by yes. the in the last four. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, so he seems to have found something there. The three-putt avoid stat, as you might expect, is pretty comparable to the to the recent form in, in putting stats. I'm willing to go back to Scott Stallings if people aren't going to play him. He burned a lot of people last week. He might just get kind of hidden in this range. I don't think a lot of people will be on him. So... Again, he rates out pretty well in a lot of things I'm looking at, including being top 20 last few tournaments, tee to green, um, generally keeping in the fairway pretty good on the long par threes as of late. So again, he's 6,600. He's very volatile, but I like the fact that he missed the cut last week. Let's put it that way. If he made the cut, I probably wouldn't be on him. I'm assuming with Stallings, I'm getting some sort of ownership discount on him. A couple other guys I like, Taylor Moore. I mean, he's yeah. been really good. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, he he the last few tournaments, uh, again, and I, I'm I'm really focused on normally I look at 24, sometimes 36 rounds. For this tournament, I'm trying to change it up a little bit, especially because it's a course we don't know. So I'm looking at very recent form. And as we can see on here, he's been great off the tee, even better on approach. The short game is has been great, and the putting has been, you know. Actually, really good. If you go back to the last six tournaments, he's a gainer, a pretty significant gainer in in a lot of those uh, measured events he's been in. So I don't see an argument against Taylor Moore other than maybe people in their Stars and Scrubs lineup are just going to hammer him in there because he makes a lot of sense. The last guy I'll mention is Troy Merritt, another guy who's just finding a way to get it done, uh, has been good off the tee, keeping it in the fairway. Um, creating some opportunities more than many people might think relative to the field. Uh, he's pretty good on the long par threes. So, uh, and decent on approach as well as of late. I had a comment about one of these guys, but I cannot remember. Taylor, what it was was. It Taylor Moore. Mm, I definitely like Taylor Moore, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, let's, let's keep going. What do you, what do you, what do you got, Greg? All right. So I wrote down Taylor Moore as well. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been phenomenal, and it's just hard to ignore. Um, but uh, two players that Sia did not mention. One is Wyndham Clark. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is good. It's phenomenal. Uh, what he's done off the tee has been phenomenal. And we started to see, for a guy who's a popper, a little bit of consistency um, over the last little bit. He's made, what is that, eight cuts in a row? Six in um, a row, but he's made eight, in a row. eight of nine. Eight of nine. Uh, so really, really good performance out of him. And he's gained significantly on the greens in the last two. That tends to be his strength. Driver, putter, driver, putter. Um, I don't like to hinge my, you know, if you call it a bet, my bets on a guy getting hot with his irons. Um, but he's shown the ability to do that. And I think that driving and putting are really important this week. So I, I give him... Um, some really high hopes. I think he's going to have a really big advantage this week. Um, and then I talked. We talked about Taylor Moore. Uh, oh, I got a min price guy for you. Okay. Well, there are two. One's funny. One I mean. Um, let's start with the funny one. Luke, pull up Luke List. <laughs> are you? Is this is this the Sepp Straka model? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Who's the who's the Sepp oh Straka of this tournament? It's Luke List. It's Luke List. But um, what's the likelihood that he gets? Well, we'll start. Let's start with ARG. The one thing I do like is there's a lot of rough around the greens, and I think that can help guys who struggle with short game in a strange way. Um, he has a pretty good record at the Farmers, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah, he won it this year and gained strokes. And you're talking about rough around the greens there. So I, I think that could be a kind of a nice comp uh, and a nice fit. But look at his splits. <laughs> <laughs> They're almost oh dripping off the page. <laughs> it's just nails on a chalkboard. There's nothing to like. Now, you could look at that two ways. Um, okay, well... Benz's worst surface. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like he has a good. But one. not by much. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he has a maybe he has a week uh, where I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to pick on Luke List. I really think be a guy this week. Um, but I looked at uh, Benz's best, and I was surprised. Um, I don't, I'm not sure why, but it was a, it's just a shocking visual. <laughs> yeah. I anyway, never seen it like that before. 
the other guy who's min price is who I just I really like him and I I think he has extremely high upside. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I know you could. Yeah, yeah, I love Kurt Kitayama. <laughs> uh, the ability to pop on approach is there. Um, his driving is he's long, plenty long. Uh, he's been adequate everywhere. And, and I think that kind of gives him the opportunity to have a spike week in any area and contend. And I think he's also shown that he's not afraid of contending. I don't think he's going to be afraid because he's in the BMW. You know, there's a chance to make it to Eastlake. I don't, I don't think that's going to scare this guy. So I, I like what I've seen out of him and a risky, but my favorite min price play. Here is the optimal from last week. $44,300 featured three golfers, $6,500 or cheaper. That's Molinax at 65, Glover at 63, Sepp Straka at 61. See, will you make any $44,000 lineups this week? No, but I think if you did, it wouldn't be like the craziest thing to do this particular week. I think if there was a week to do that, it would be this week relative to pretty much every other week of the year. I mean, I, I definitely it was last think, week. Last week was the week to do it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's definitely true. It, but I conceptually, it might even be more true this week. So I, I definitely think some of these 6K guys, some of the low 7K guys will be up on the leaderboard, which means... You know, you can get your team different, get your roster construction different just by leaving like 2,000 or 3,000 on the table. Or even if you leave 800 on the table, that's going to be more than probably 85, 90% of the field, if not more. So that's a really good way to make sure your lineup is different in your contests. Anybody else? Anybody else anywhere? I'll say this for the guys who missed the cup, but particularly the guys who we saw crash and burn over the weekend, like an Adam Hadwin, for example, I'm not saying I like him, but again, because it's a condensed field, I think those guys that we we saw over the weekend, we have that recency bias. We don't want to play Adam Hadwin. We don't want to play Tom Hoagie coming off a missed cut. But I think in this tournament, they're all, they're all viable plays as sort of outlier low ownership plays. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, there is only, I believe, one more thing to do here, and that would be to discuss our narrative lineups of the week, which I believe, Sia, some have been submitted. Is that correct? We have some that have been submitted. Yeah, we have uh, four that I put up here. There were there were many more that were submitted. So sorry, we can't put them all up, as I say, every week. I do want to say for St. Jude, Rick, last week, um, that that sort of that Strokes Gain narrative thing with uh, with Gigi and, and David writing the lyrics, that thing took off, as you know. We got about 360 retweets on it, and we ended up raising, um, thanks to some other guys on the first cut, the coach um, uh, matched uh, the, the 500 that I put in, and we had a lot of people match frankly and we came up i did a rough estimate around four thousand dollars to saint yeah. jude saint jude acknowledged it too on twitter which i thought was really cool for me and the entire community yeah. so i uh, just wanted to say like as as much fun as we have at the end of each show um and it is fun and it's supposed to be lighthearted. but the fact that we were able to transit transition that to actually donating to an amazing cause i think is super cool yeah it really is one of the best causes that's how i end up acquiring like all the stuff that i buy like the the shoes and the glove like all that stuff comes from like the same they do such a good job with like the auctions and all mm. the money goes to the kids and the research and the treatment it really is unbelievable i i they do such great work. And uh, and Rick, real quick, a quick note, Fantasy Football Today for the next three weeks, three plus weeks, they're going to be raising money for St. Jude with their, they do it every year, the Fantasy Football Today. They do their their telethon at, at the culmination of it. But you can still donate to St. Jude many ways, including through the uh, Fantasy Football Today people. Awesome. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, okay, see, you're going to kick us off here with the Strokes Gain narrative. You have <laughs> six guys known to make a deep playoff run. What do we have here? So, yeah, Greg, this is the one I was holding out. We had so many nominations or submissions last week. I, I held this one to this week. Not that it's that special, but whatever. These are guys who have been historically known to make playoff runs. Of course, we have Michael Jordan Spieth, Boom. his teammate, Scotty Pippen Scheffler, Troy Aikman Merritt of the Dallas Cowboys. I believe he has three Super Bowls under his belt. Patrick Mahomes can't lay. Lawrence Taylor Moore, I believe LT has won two Super Bowls with the New York Giants. And then, of course, Hank Aaron Wise, Milwaukee Ooh. Braves, Atlanta Braves. He's got a World Series under his belt. I believe he played in two. So we have some prolific playoff winners in this Strokes Gain narrative line. Hank Aaron's and also you hit like those players. Also, uh, Hank Aaron's also hit a few home runs, I believe. He has. 755 off the top. Right. I'm not sure if that's right, but it's somewhere in there. 
Uh, sounds right. Yeah, because seven fifty. No, R- R- Ruth might have been seven fifty five. Then he had seven fifty six, and then mm, I don't remember. No, 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 that's not right. Because Ruth was like seven fourteen. Was Bonds eight thirteen? That feels like a lot, doesn't it? I'll just look it up. We're we're we've we're there. We've screwed this up. We're we're, we're way off on these yeah. home run career list. All right, here we go. Number one, Barry Bonds. 762. Hank oh, Aaron, wow. 755. That's what you mm. said, Sia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my fault. I threw you off the scent. Babe Ruth, 714. A-Rod, 696. Albert Pools, uh hit two last night, I think. Mm-hmm, that's right. 689. He's the only active wow. player in the top 26. Wow. I'm he all- can't retire until he hits 700. He has to play next year if he doesn't get to 700 this year. Well, he's not going to do it this year, so he better he better uh, cancel the retirement plans. <laughs> okay. Uh, Keith Stewart. Oh, Keith Stewart. Okay. Says, uh, Bob Marley lived in Wilmington, Delaware. That's a fun fact. For a period of his life. Oh. <laughs> I can't prove it, <laughs> but I believe Trenchtown Rock is loosely based upon Wilmington and the BMW. So we're already we're already on a shaky footing here, Keith. So he said he found the original lyrics. Wow. And he wow. Rewrote them. Wow. Okay. Do you know this song, Sue? Not I mean, I listened to it after Keith submitted this. Uh so I'm 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 vaguely familiar with it. Okay. Keith, this is awesome. I do not know this song. I'm not even going to try to attempt this. What we'll do, uh, so you're watching on YouTube, go go to KJ Stewart PGA on Twitter. Look at this tweet, hashtag strokes gain narrative. He legit took the original lyrics and rewrote them with our names, player names. Uh, he got a Matt Fitzpat reference in there. It, it's, it's good. And I imagine if you know the song, it's much better. And Rick, by the way, uh, Bob Marley did. I just looked it up. He did live in Delaware for a period of time. And another fun fact, I was born in Dover, Delaware. Dover being the capital. That is wow. fun. That is right? fun. Mm-hmm. Dover has a uh, a NASCAR. They have a track there, right? Dover I mean, Downs. sure. All right. We're doing great here. On this. <laughs> uh, let's go to the second slide. Greg, any fun fact? Any incorrect fun facts to add to the conversation? Because that's uh, I've met one person who was born in Delaware. See ya. See ya, Najat. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That yeah, might not right. be true, we'll but hey. I, I know they're the Blue Hens, right? Go yeah, across that is correct. Program. That yeah. is correct. That's all that's I got. All I know. It's I also got nice- the, first, the first state. Did you know that? Yes. And the sm- second smallest state. I believe. Behind what? Rhode Island? Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joseph Laparo. Oh, I see what he's done here. So mm-hmm. he is going off of the BMW angle, it appears. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, this is just like a, a rant. So I'm just going to go for it here. So he refers to a dealership. You close in 15 minutes. Looks like I got here just in time. What is the list price on this BMW? I have a trade-in works, but she keeps stallings. I really <laughs> can't lay that much down. Wise to buy used? Question mark. <laughs> Bad experience last time. Don't want to get burns again. Burns again. Burns. Wow, again. that's clever. That's I love that. John Markowski is here. Uh, did you know BMW stands for Bavarian Motor Works? Did you know that? Do you know what that logo is? I don't think so. I may have heard this. I, I, this could be all wrong too. But um, I believe BMW first, they used to make propeller airplanes or at least propellers. So that logo with like the two white and the two blue squares is a white propeller zipping mm. around a blue sky. Very interesting. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that. So John has opted to give us a variety of other BMWs. So he starts with a bad mullet wearer, Cam Smith, no longer in the field. So the mullet was so bad, he had to withdraw. <laughs> a boring, meandering winner. Oh, see, we should, I should have, uh, you know what we should have done? I should have read these and had you guys guess who they were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, like cool. password or something, right? Like uh, like, the, right. like the million dollar pyramid. And the first one would have been easy. Right. Boring, meandering winner. That's easy too. That's it. Patrick. Cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. 
Bet money on withdrawal. This could have been anybody. I would have said Will Zaltoris. Thank you, sir. Well, it's, but Hideki makes a ton of sense. Wait, withdrawal, like withdrawal from the tournament. Oh, like I was thinking on withdrawing from the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely Decky. We're great at this. Uh, a big meaty waste. That goes to one. Wow. <laughs> wow, this one's good. Born into massive wealth. <laughs> There's only one answer there. That's Mav McNeely. <laughs> And the biggest mystery weekly, uh, here's where you could enter the name of your choice. John has opted for Siwoo Kim. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I like it. I really like it. I like that a lot, John. Good job. Okay, any uh, parting shots before we get out of here? BMW Championship, DFS. Um, any recommendations you guys have never – I mean, any – I'll be there, but – any, I guess we don't have any like food recommendations from no. you. Two. No, uh, nothing. Oh, Sia was born there, so he should be able to. I send mean, I, so Delaware, most people visit Delaware for their beaches, like Bethany Beach, Rehoboth Beach, Dewey Beach. And then that's a ta- that's adjacent to Ocean City, Maryland, which is a long mom strip of a beach as well. So you're not going to be anywhere near there. So just I, have fun at the golf course. I, I will confess, we're not even staying in Delaware, we're staying in Philadelphia. So it is like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I was, I always thought Delaware was known for 95 South uh, or North. Why? Well, like that's, all I've ever done in, that's all I've ever done in Delaware. Just drive through it. Ouch. That's all like, your, all you Delaware residents, you said you're here. 95 is like 2000 miles long. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, and it's, you're, you're hardly in Delaware. I, mean, I feel like whenever you make that drive, if you do, it's you're in Delaware and then you're in D you're in Maryland. It's like an instant. But anyway, I, that was just a, a joke about my inexperience in Delaware. Maybe I'm missing out. I'll let you know. I'll let you know what we find. Not really. He is not too optimistic. All right. That'll do it. <laughs> Mega preview pod Tuesday. Get your one and done selections in. Don't blow it now. You made this great comeback fans. You're two events away. Go to Mark will be crying in the corner if he loses this one and done all right go get your vote in the links in the description mega preview pod tuesday morning that's your deadline round by round recaps the rest of the way i won't be on sunday's show i'll be flying back but i'll be here the rest of the weeks the rest of the rounds all right that's fair Hmm. all right uh, big shout out to producer Troy behind the scenes. Sia Najad available on Twitter at Sia Najad. Greg Ducharme, the real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. Catch you next time. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.